Well, good morning, Heights family. It's good to see everybody on this cold, crisp, beautiful morning. Sure glad that you're here to worship all together as a family. Before we get started, I want to plant a quick bug in your ear about something we have coming up. You've started to see this uh, introduced to us, and this is a conference uh, that we have coming up on March 4th. As a matter of fact, the, the conference speakers are going to be involved with us also on Sunday, March 5th. But March 4th, 9 to 2, uh, we have what's called a Come Together Conference. The reason it's called Come Together is because we bring together uh, the parents, the children, the youth, and grandparents, especially those grandparents that are maybe involved in a pretty regular basis in the life of their grandkids. And what we're going to be looking at that day is how we walk through this world. How we engage with our culture, how you raise and disciple and, and train somebody through what is going on in our world. It is, uh, it is a, I think, probably the most important way you could spend any one Saturday this entire year. This is a, the, the, the folks that are doing this have some tremendous insight. It's a great conference. As a matter of fact, I encourage you to go check out this ministry. It's axis, A-X-I-S, axis.org. And uh, when you get there, you're going to notice a button called Cultural Translator. And you click on that and they'll start uh, sending you an email every week. And what it does is it helps you translate the culture. They'll take things from the last two, three days, the last week, and it might be the inauguration, it might be a new movie that's coming out, a popular song, but they help you walk with a young person through what that's about, what it means, how we look through it, how we look at it through biblical eyes. That's just what the email does. I would say the conference on that Saturday is a broader look at that, and uh, it's just going to be a great time together. It's led by some uh, 20-somethings, uh, some millennials. This is two guys, two gals that uh, put this ministry on, and uh, they've become very, very popular at what they're doing. We're very excited to have them here at our church. I encourage you to get registered for that. Maybe you have somebody you go to school with or that you work with, have had conversations, and think, man, I know they'd be interested. Of course, it's, it's open beyond and outside our church. So hope you'll be here that day. Get involved. Get registered with that. Uh, again, Again, we're super excited to have them here with us. Well, we are continuing today our prayer series. I'm, I, I always reach these places in a series where I'm kind of shocked how fast it's going because I've been looking toward this since about last June. And uh, here we are, four messages in today uh, with just two more after today. But uh, we're really excited. And I mean, I am praying so much that uh, what you're hearing, what you're doing in this is encouraging, it's motivating, it's helping you, me, all of us as an individual, as a family, as a church to take a profound step forward in our prayer lives, wherever the, the beginning point might be. I mean, we're all over the spectrum, right? We're all in different places on this, but wherever we are, to move forward in our prayer lives and to be able to, to pray fervently. I, you know, I want so much for this. I wonder if we can even imagine what this can mean in our lives on, a, on an individual level, on, on a church level. And, and, you know, I think there's a tendency in me to say, no, I don't think we can imagine it. You, you know, there, there is a prayer, there is a faith that the Bible says moves mountains, and I think for the most part, that's not what we're seeing and experiencing in our prayer lives. I'm not saying you or I have never 
But I don't think that in that verse that it implies if you get to see a mountain moved once or twice in your life, you've, you, you've really landed on something. I think this is supposed to be the normal way we live. I think it's supposed to be the power of our prayers normally. And so, man, I'm praying that that's what's going to happen here at the Heights That week in and week out, we're sharing the story of God, how He's moved, what He's done. It may be two individuals sharing out in the concourse. It may be families. It may be across the church. But it's the story of God being told here through our prayer lives. That's what I'm sure praying for. So let's lean in to this thing called prayer and see how much further, how much deeper we can keep going in this. And what we're going to do today, I hope, I pray, what I've worked toward is just a super practical how-to. You've got, you're going to give the Lord five minutes, you're going to give the Lord an hour. What do you do in that five minutes? What do you do in that hour uh, with this prayer? Now, as we move into that, let's kind of remember where we've been last week, super encouraging message from Jesus, as we saw him say, hey, listen, don't worry about trying to impress others. How about this one? Don't worry about trying to impress God. There's not some bar you have to jump over. There's not a certain set of words you have to learn how to use or a special prayer voice you have to have. You you don't have to impress anyone to pray. Listen, God loves you. God loves you. God loves your voice. Already knows what you need. So pray. Pray with faith and pray with confidence. The week before that, we looked at Nehemiah, and we saw in Nehemiah illustrated two very different kinds of prayer. I love the one in, in Nehemiah 2.4. I call it kind of praying as you go. It's the one phrase prayer. It's the one sentence prayer. It's what you pray when you get out of the car. It's what you pray when you're walking into the test. It's what you pray when you're walking into that meeting. It may be that you're not doing anything. You just kind of a thought comes to your mind, and you say, oh, Lord, thank you. Lord, I'm sorry. Lord, would you help? As a matter of fact, do you remember in the story there? Nehemiah is in the middle of a conversation with the king. And the king says to him, so how can I help you, Nehemiah? And it says that Nehemiah prayed to God. Now that doesn't mean he looked at the king and said, uh, j- just a second. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, king, here's what I need. That's not what he did. It, whatever he prayed, it was... Help me, God, guide me, Lord, give me the words. And I mean, it was just that quick. And he goes right on in the middle of a conversation. So Nehemiah shows us that kind of constant open dialogue with the Lord. And and that's not what we're talking about today. We're going to talk about what he showed us in chapter 1. In chapter 1, it was more of of what I hope I would use in my life and your life daily And then to the word daily, I would add that kind of devoted time, that disciplined time. This is where we're we're not on the way to doing something. We're not in the middle of doing something. We've actually tried to stop, be still, be quiet, and focus on the Lord. Again, might be for five minutes, might be for an hour, but now I'm going to have this prayer time. And so that's what we're going to look at today. If you've got your, your prayer guide with you, you want to pull it out right now. If you don't have it with you, uh, the notes that we're going to be referring to in here will be on the PowerPoint. And uh, if you haven't gotten one yet, I encourage you to get one next Sunday because we've run out again today. I mean, we're doing the best we can, folks. I think we've made over 1,500 of these. So we're, we're getting them out. We are out today. I've not written in this. At the end of this message, if you don't have one, first one here gets the one I touched. Ooh. 
and that means almost nothing. But uh, I will give you mine right here if, if, if you want one and you get to me first. But anyway, pay, you'll know in here, uh, during the series, there's a page for taking notes for the sermon. That's on page 8. But today, you might want to turn to page 11. 11 through 13, because those three pages is what we're going to be walking through uh, during this time. These three pages are, are an outline of what I journal. They're, they're an outline of, of my prayer time. It's personal to me. You do not have to do the same thing I do. But I'm, I'm trying to show you what I do and, and I think maybe that you could build off of and, and what I hope would be a help to you. These three pages here, for me, are about eight to ten pages in a Word document every single day. Now, I'm not writing eight to ten full pages every single day. Probably three to four of those are unique to that day. I, I wrote them that day. The other five, six, seven pages kind of get copied and pasted and carried over from, from day to day to day. And I'll explain what some of that might be as we go through that. But I will. I, th- this is an outline of what I am doing in that journal. Now, I journal. Okay, the Bible doesn't command that you journal, doesn't command that you use a laptop. As a matter of fact, if you've got a Bible, it commands you to use a laptop. I'd like to see it. But uh, it doesn't tell us to do that. You know why I journal? Uh, and, and this is my issue, probably not y'all's issue. But before I journaled, I had a tendency to uh, be praying and then all of a sudden not know where I am or what I'm doing. <laughs> like, or sometimes just fall back to sleep. Or just kind of be rambling. You know what journaling did? It helped me get focused. It helped me get focused in those moments. It helped me to keep moving forward in those moments. It helped me to remember what I was saying and, and what I was talking about there. So that's one of the reasons I like to journal. Now, when I journal, uh, and, and let's go ahead and start walking through these, these days here. Uh, and, and again, I probably spent 10 to 15 years developing this in my life that you know when you're developing when you're building a prayer life it's based on your personality how you think how you pray I've been doing this for probably 20 years so what you're holding in your hands here represents about about 30 35 years of of building a prayer life so this is what I do look at the top of page 11 there you see the date and time I, I didn't put that there because Jesus told me to I put that there because it's the top of my journal. It just seems like the thing that goes at the top of a journal day, right? The date and time. So I put that there. And then I've got yesterday. Now, what I do on yesterday is I will write uh, usually three to four sentences, maybe maybe two paragraphs worth. I'm, I'm just kind of collecting my thoughts on yesterday. Now, when I'm writing on yesterday, I've usually been awake for about 10 minutes. 10 minutes, 15 minutes. So, you know, so I'm trying to just get some coffee in me, you know, get kind of woken up and going. And again, kind of collecting my thoughts about yesterday. Sometimes what I'm writing in yesterday will become some things that I'm going to give praise for or, or thanksgiving for. Sometimes I'm going to be writing about something that I'm going to need to pray for now for the coming days. Or maybe I write about something and say, man, Lord, I'm really struggling with this. I'm not doing very well here. And it, it becomes something I say I'm sorry for. But that's kind of how I start as, as as I just write a little bit about yesterday. And then you see the next thing is scripture reading. Is scripture reading. And uh, what I'm doing here is I'm trying to let God talk first. 
I, 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 you know, when I, now that I'm actually starting, I open my Bible and I try to let God speak first. I let his words, his ideas start to shape and influence my words and my ideas and maybe what I even talk to him about. You know, sometimes I might read something in the Bible and think, boy, I need to be praying about that or, ooh, I better not say that. Like, for instance, what if I was going to pray, Lord, I need to kill that person. Would you show me the best possible, the most efficient way to kill them? And then I read in the Bible, thou shalt not kill. Oh, okay, maybe I shouldn't pray that when I get to that point in my prayer. Uh, I hope that's not actually what you needed to hear today. But, uh, you know, it'll start to shape that. So I like to let God speak first. I want it to be a dialogue, not a, not a monologue. And, and I like letting his word shape that first. Now, how you read God's Bible, man, there's a lot of ways you could do that. You could take a life group study that you're doing and, and use your time here in the morning to kind of study that, prepare that. You can do scripture memory here. You know, if you're going to take five minutes, seven minutes is about all you have, I would read a psalm. Their prayers, they help shape your prayers. They usually are packed with a real punch. And yet, how long does it take to read a psalm? Most of them can be probably read in, in 60 seconds to 90 seconds. And so that might be something. You know, there's all kinds of uh, studies that you can do. Maybe there's a book that you're interested in. I normally do not do Bible study in, in my prayer time. And here's why. And this is where I'm a little bit different than you. Uh, I got this gig where I get paid to go to work and do Bible studies, right? You see, most of you don't have that option. Most of you can't go to work and pull out the Bible and start dig- digging deep. You, you don't get to do that. I, I do. So I, I don't usually use my time in the morning for, you know, digging deep and, and doing studies. Actually, I try to use that time to just keep all of God's word in front of me over the course of a year. I've been doing a, a, a Bible reading plan where you read the Bible through in a year. I, I've been doing that for over 20 years. And it's just every now and then I think, oh, I should do something different this year. And I end up not liking what I do. And now I'm 10 days into January and I got to go catch up, you know, and get back to what I, I like. But you know, folks, we all have our pet passages our favorite parts, the places we always run to, and that's super. Have some places you run to in Scripture. But sometimes what that means is there's whole swaths of the Bible we will never get to. Sometimes years and years and years since we last read. And so when you do a Bible reading plan, that kind of keeps all of God's Word in front of you. And there are some places that you and I would not normally go that have some real gold in them. So, you know, I like a plan that keeps me there. You, you can uh, Google Bible reading plans and, and find a dozen ways to read the Bible through the year. You could do a plan where you just read the New Testament through uh, in a year. I do a plan where, I mean, obviously you see it here. It's, a, it's an Old Testament passage, a New Testament passage, a psalm, and a proverb. So I'm doing different parts and different pieces uh, every, every morning. I think in the plan, I, well, I don't think, I know. In the plan I use, you actually read through the psalms twice in the course of a year. Everything else wants the, the psalms twice. And so that's what I will use, that plan. Any plan you use where you're trying to read through the Bible in a year, probably looking at 10 or 15 minutes Uh, of reading each day and so then I have these questions here now you're saying I thought you just said you didn't do a bible study well well I don't but I do have these questions so when I when I'm reading through these passages I'm trying to answer and I'll I'll 
you know, put a little bullet point and I'll just write little phrases, little lines. What did this passage I just read say about God? What did it say about people? What is it telling me to do? And the reason I do that is so that when I close the Bible, again, I'm sure you've never done this, close your Bible and don't have a clue what you just read. (laughs) Close your Bible and go down to breakfast, don't have a clue what you just read. Uh, Fall asleep while you're reading. Uh, When I take some questions with me into my reading, I just find I become a more engaged reader. I'm a more purposeful reader. I, I, I tend to stay a little bit more dialed in. I stay a little bit more alert. And I'll just jot down again. It's, it's not a study. I'm not turning it into anything. So I'll just be jotting things down as I read. Sometimes I have 15 things under one of these and none under the other two. Sometimes I have three or four things under, under each of them. And sometimes what I'm writing here will become a part of what I pray about. What, what I maybe write down about God becomes something that I end up praising him for, giving him thanks for. You know, I've had so many people say to me, and I've experienced my own life, my prayers all sound the same. I feel like I'm saying the same thing every single time I pray. Or, you know, what do I, what do I praise God for? Thank you for a beautiful day. Well, you know what? When you're doing this and you're using a question like that, all of a sudden, you've got something. Hey, I've never praised God for that. I've never thanked God for that. And, and so your Bible reading can start filling up what you're giving praise and thanks about. Sometimes what you write under these other questions may be something you start to pray about or realize, oh boy, I'd never thought of that as a, a, a sin in my life. Man, that's something I need to confess. That's something I need to start praying that I'm, I'm doing. And so these questions just kind of help take what I've read and send them into my time of prayer. So I encourage letting God speak again. You, you, you might be reading for 10 or 15 minutes. You might just be memorizing a verse. You might be reading a psalm. But I, but I encourage something like this that just helps you read purposely and carry it into your prayer time. So we have finished our Bible reading and now we move into our time of prayer. Now what I'm going to show you the rest of the way is basically we're going to take the Lord's Prayer... And uh, if you have your Bible with you and want to want to see it in the Bible, Matthew chapter 6, verses 9 to 13. And, uh, you know, folks, as we pray the Lord's Prayer, it can be very inspirational. It can be very encouraging, very inspiring. Say it out loud alone, to pray it together as a, as a group. And there's places you've done that, I've done that. We, we said it as a group last week, didn't we? But as profound as that can be, and you, I think a lot of you have heard me say this before, I actually don't believe that the primary reason the Lord gave us the Lord's Prayer was just to recite as a group. I actually think what He's giving us in the Lord's Prayer is a map. It's a strategic way to go into a time of talking with the Lord. It's like Jesus sees us walking by, walking up to the Father's throne. He says, oh, you're going to talk to my dad? Hey, when you get there, talk about this. And, and you and I should then look at Jesus and go, okay, <laughs> you know, whatever you say, Jesus. And so think of each line of the Lord's Prayer as a cue of what to talk with God about. And, and each one of those lines can become 30 seconds of a prayer. Each one of these lines could become five or seven minutes of a prayer. See, whether you're going to pray an hour or whether you're going to pray for five minutes, the Lord's Prayer can be your guide how you walk through and use the prayer time. Now, you might be wondering, so every time I pray, I have to work through the Lord's Prayer? No. 
No, think of all those one-sentence prayers. Think of what we saw Nehemiah do. He didn't work through the Lord's Prayer. But I think when we're talking about that, that regular time of prayer, we're trying to have alone with God each day, three, four times a week, I would say that the Lord's Prayer would be a good outline, a good guide to use in what you're praying about Okay, so what does he say here? Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Hallowed, holy, special, unique, nothing like it. Lord, I pray there is nothing like your name in my life. I pray there is nothing like your name in this church. We see the specialness and the greatness of God's name. What is that? We're praising God, aren't we? Jesus is saying, listen, as you start your time of prayer, begin with praise and thanksgiving. Maybe you want to say thank you for one thing. You've got five minutes. So you're going to say, I I praise you for being good and thank you for helping me make that decision the next day. And you're now ready to move on to the next section. Maybe you're going to go on and on for a bit. God, I just, I praise you for for what you showed me in that passage and who you are and how you work. I I praise you for how I saw that in this situation over here. Hey, God, I've been praying about this. Thank you for that. Thank you for the, you know, we, we take a little bit longer time. But we start with praise and thanksgiving. You remember when we looked at Nehemiah, we saw that not only is praise right to give to God, he's worthy of that. But do you know, praising God does something for us too. It, it, it helps me get as overwhelmed with the goodness and greatness of God as I am overwhelmed by my problems and issues that I'm getting ready to pray about. In other words, praise helps me start building the faith that I need for the things I'm getting ready to pray about. So Jesus says, start here. Then the next section, his desires. Now, we talked about this a little bit last week when we looked at what Jesus teaches on prayer. But the next line of the Lord's Prayer, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. We're praying about God's kingdom, his rule and reign advancing. We can think about that in a very specific way, Jesus returning, okay? Jesus, I want you to return. I want you to set up your kingdom. I want you to be ruling in everything because when that happens, all my prayer requests are answered, right? I mean, that's when everything is solved. Now, until that moment happens, Wow, I pray your rule is advancing in my life. You know, a lot of times when we think about God's rule advancing, we think about his rule advancing in our enemies, right? In somebody we want to change, in somebody we want to be different. But God, I pray your rule is advancing in my life. I pray that it's clear you're ruling here in my home, in in our church. Lord, these issues are a place your rule can advance in my life. I pray that I know what that looks like as I pray about these things. Uh, Up on the next page, for there to be witnesses. You know, I wrote that there because Jesus tells us, hey, when you pray, pray there'd be more witnesses. Pray there'd be more people with the courage and the faith to share with others who Jesus is and what he means to them. Jesus told me to pray about that. Okay? So under his desires, and that's what happens when you're doing that Bible reading and and you're writing things down, some of those will carry over into things you're praying about that are his desires. Okay? So now I know what his desires are because I just read his word. So that helps shape some of that. For people's salvation, I mean, we've we've got people in our lives that, that need to know the Lord, that we want to experience his love and forgiveness. That's a good place to do that because that's his desire. Here's where I'll pray for our, our missionaries. And um, I put their pastors in churches. I've got a lot of pastor friends. I don't know how many you have, but I'm, I'm a pastor, right? It's what I do. 
So I don't know that you have to do that, but that's where I pray for a lot of my friends, a lot of the churches around us. I, I know them and I pray for what's happening in their places today, uh, our convention. And then we finally get to what we actually said, dear Lord, for our desires. <laughs> we, we get to, okay, now I'm here for what we really want to talk about, Lord. And uh, when Jesus says, give us this day our daily bread, well, what's that? That's my physical need. That's where I've got an emptiness. That's where I need some direction. That's where I, I need some help. And so under give us this day, our daily bread is where I put all of my requests. Now, it's probably been 20 years ago, uh, at least 15 years ago. I don't know about you, but I get, God's just getting frustrated. With, I wanted to be good at prayer, and I wanted to cover everything in prayer, right? I don't want there to be anything in my life that I haven't prayed about, but there's, there's all the people then there's all the issues, and then I'm opening the Bible, and it's saying I should be praying about this and this and then all these. I can't cover it all, especially in 15 minutes. You know what? Even if you've got an hour, pr- pretty hard to cover all that. And so, I, you know, I got this idea. As a matter of fact, I got this idea so long ago that I don't remember if I got the idea for somebody else. But I think if you use an idea for more than 10 years, you can take credit for it. So I'm taking credit for it. Uh, I, I began to theme my days. In other words, on Monday, I'm going to focus on praying about my family. That's, that's my wife, that's my children, uh, my sons-in-laws, what's going on in our lives. Monday is just for that. Now, right away, I say that you think, so you don't have anything that you pray for every day? No, of course I do. I got things on fire in my life just like you do. Things, things that are critical, things that are important, things that are scary, things I really need some answers. And so, yes, under give us this day. Remember I said I got about five or six pages that I, I copy and paste and I carry over to each day? You know, when I start a year, two, January 1, 2017, and I've, I've done this for a long time, I've got some things that I pray over my kids for the entire coming year. And and I'll I'll put together some requests. And I will pray about those things every day in the month of January. And so, you know, it it might be something like that. It might be a decision next week. Something really big coming up. So, yes, I've got things that I pray about every single day that don't necessarily fall under any theme. But then I take the bulk of that time. And so on Monday, I'm going to pray about my family. Uh, Tuesday's extended family. So that's, and we've got a lot of extended family. We've, we've got four parents. We've got six siblings, all their mates. And I think 15 nieces and nephews. I mean, we went forth and multiplied. So lot there. That's where I pray for them. And you know what? We, we, we didn't all grow up in one town together. We, we, I, we've not spent our whole lives. Our, all side, both sides of our family, our siblings, we pretty much spread out. I've got siblings I see once a year. I've got siblings I see every two or three years. Uh, you know, and so what happens in all these things, family, extended family, friends? Well, the first thing I'll do is I'll make some general prayer requests. Lord, I pray, I pray we're unified in our home. I pray we love each other, serve each other, forgive each other. I pray we're all growing in you. I, I, I pray that, that Karen and I are growing in oneness and we're, we're loving and forgiving each other. And you know what I find is when you theme a day, you take a lot more biblical ideas and you pray broader and you pray deeper. See, if I'm trying to cover the whole world in 15 minutes, I'm just going to say, bless my marriage. 
But, but now I'm going to start praying about different aspects of that and things we're doing and decisions we're making. I'm going to pray for our kids. Something I have prayed for my kids every one of these Mondays for years and years and years, I, pray, I, I say, Lord, I pray, and this is under the general part, I pray for my kids, their mates, that they have a passion and a discipline to do this. To spend time with you in your word and to pray. And, and the reason I pray that, I kind of put that under that old cliche, give a man a fish and you feed him for a day, teach him to fish and you feed him for a lifetime. Listen, if my kids will build a time with God, everything else is just details. They'll have everything they need. And you know what? If they don't build that time with God, then I don't want to say nothing else matters. No, there'll be good things, there'll be bad things, there'll be good days, there'll be bad days, but everything will be harder. Everything will be more difficult. So I think the greatest thing I can model, the greatest thing I can pray for them is get alone and be with God each day. So there's kind of the general prayer requests. You know, Lord, protect their home from Satan and his schemes. Protect them from their own sin, sins and temptations. I mean, general things over my family, the extended family over my friends and their families. And there's just general things. And then I get into the specifics. Because there are things going on that day, right? There, there are things going on that, Lord, help them in this test, help them with this decision, give them guidance here, heal this, fix this, you know, whatever's going on. A lot of times, uh, you know, maybe I don't know specific things and it's more general, but, but I'm, I'm spending a lot more time on my family. Even though it's one day a week, I'm actually spending a lot more time on family, extended family. My friends tends to be uh, mostly church-related because that, that's, that's where my friends are. Uh, I've got neighbors that I pray for. I've got friends in other parts of the country, and I, th- I cover them there. This is a lot of my staff, our staff family, uh, our deacon families. Uh, and then prayer requests. Every prayer request I'm given goes under friends. Uh, wh- whether you and I know each other very well or not, you know, if you message me on Facebook, you come up and tell me out in the hall, you call, this is, hey, could you be praying about this? This is about, these prayer requests are about three pages uh, of my ten pages. And that's, I don't usually write out all those prayers. I'll put the name and the, and the request, you know, surgery's coming up, decision needs to be made. And then when I get to that name and that word, well, then I'll pray in a more, in a more fuller way over that. But uh, that's a big part of that. And I tend to cover this because so much of it is church-related. I tend to cover it again on Friday and, and Sunday uh, because when I'm praying about the church, I'm praying about people in the church and the things going on in their lives. So that's, that's what those three days look like. Then we come to Thursday, uh, government, nation, soldiers, police, issues, ministries. Y- you know, focus on government. And actually my focus in a, in a national sense, I pray over our government, over our media, over business, uh, over education, and over the military. Those are the five big areas that I make general prayer requests over. And then what's ever in the news or issues, uh, you know, if you read something like 1 Timothy 2, I think you'll get the idea that this is something God really wants us praying over. Almost all of the psalms are the psalmist praying about the leaders and about the people of the nation. And, and, and we don't do that. We don't pray for our nation. I, say, I do too. Yeah, I know you do. The day before an election, July 4th and Memorial Day. 
Yeah, we, you know, there, there, there's the national holidays we hit our nation. I don't know, folks, look around. You think they could use our prayer for more than three times a year? More than national holidays? And God gives you and I a stewardship, a responsibility to be covering this place w- with our prayers. And you know what? I know that and I believe that. But I only got 15 minutes and there's a fire inside my family and there's this big decision. So I just end up never getting to it until I started theming my days. I mean, that, that's what really opened that up to me and, and covering these things in prayer uh, that, that I want to pray. Then Friday is the church. I pray about the church much the same way as I described up here. I've got some general things I pray. Lord, I pray, I pray we're unified. I pray we love each other. I pray we help each other. Lord, I pray we're worshiping in spirit and truth. I pray we teach your word with, with accuracy and with faithfulness. Lord, I pray we're carrying the gospel. You know, I'll have these general things that I pray over the church, and they are things mostly driven and guided by Scripture. And then I get into the specific things. Oh, Lord, you know I'm, I'm teaching this prayer series right now. God, would you, would you motivate us? Would you move us? Could every person, God... Boy, that's hard to think. Every person. What, Lord, could every single person in our church move forward in their prayer life in 2017. Hey, Lord, February's coming up. We're going to Nicaragua. We're going to Haiti. We're going to Zimbabwe. Lord, would you, would you guide the preparation for these trips, build those teams, give safe travel? Do I, You know, I'm praying. I pray a lot about Sunday morning. What happens here on a Sunday morning? So I'll cover all that. Now, you'll notice here that I got the church on Friday. I got the church on Sunday. And really, Wednesday, I'm bringing in a whole lot. You say, man, you really pray a lot about the church. Well, there's two reasons I do that. For one, y'all pay me to, right? You know, seriously, if you stop and think about it, Acts chapter 6 says the apostles, the pastors, appointed a deacon body... To, to serve and to take care of the needs so that the pastors could do what? So that they could preach and pray. So I kind of take that as, man, I, gotta, I better be doing this well. And I better be doing it a lot. I got a, re- a responsibility here. Now, having said all that, that's not actually the big reason that the word church shows up all through my week. I, I, I try to get this all through my week because, folks, that's, that's God's bride That's what God loves more than anything else. And you know what? When you love somebody, you work at loving what they love. When you love somebody, you want to invest in what they invest in. He calls this his bride. And so I want to show the Lord, I want to communicate to the Lord in what I'm talking with him about that what's on my heart is things that are on your heart. What's big in my life is what's big in your life. And so that's one of the reasons that I've, I've included the church so much there. Saturday is wild card. He said, are we praying about our poker game on Saturday night? Um, no. I call this my wild card day. Uh, if you know me, you know I'm a little bit obsessive. So, you know, give me an outline to follow and I'll work an outline. I'll beat it to death. And, and yet, I don't want my personality to be the only thing driving this. So Saturday, I still write about yesterday. I still do the, the Bible reading. And I still start with praise and thanksgiving. After that, I delete the rest of the outline. And so now I've just got a blank page. And I just say, Lord, what do you want me to pray about this morning? 
and I just, I just wait there till he sends me in some direction on a, on a person, on an issue, on several people, I, you know, whatever he does. And so that, that Saturday. Now, Saturday tends to be my shortest day. Saturday is usually 25 to, to 35 minutes. Uh, probably average through the week would be 40 to 50 minutes. Friday's my long day. That's usually an hour to an hour and a half. Uh, with the Bible time and, and the prayer time together. And I will do this 350, 355 days this year. I, I will not miss more than, than 10 days. And the days that I miss, it doesn't mean I didn't pray that day. It means there was something, usually like traveling on a mission trip or something. I mean, I have an outlet. I didn't take my laptop with me. I don't, I don't do the journal. I'll still try to get away and get alone with the Lord and pray. But, but as far as doing the whole journal, the whole 8 to 10 pages, working through that, I, I will do that 355 days a year. Now, why did I just tell you that? Is it because I want you to be impressed with me? I can pray an hour. Can you? How many days did you miss last year? You know, if that's what I'm doing, I'm in deep trouble. Because I think we just talked about that last week, didn't we? Didn't Jesus say that's the exact thing you're not supposed to do with your prayer life? Is try to impress others? So why would I tell you? What, what, have, what benefit would it be for you to know that? You know, I share that for this reason. Because there would have been a place and a time in my life, sitting right there with you, where if you'd have said, hey, listen, what if you were to try to go home this week, take three or four days this week, and spend 15 minutes, read a psalm, work through the Lord's Prayer, do that for 15 minutes. You know, honestly, I'd have been a bit overwhelmed. I mean, first of all, I thought, I don't have three or four days. It's all I can do to get out of bed and get to work on time. You know, or get to class on time, or whatever it might be. It's all I can do to get out of bed and make that happen. You know, or 15 minutes. We want to talk to the Lord about 15 minutes. I mean, how long does it say, God, help me here and bless that? Amen. You know, how long? And, and, and to start thinking about how many times in a year, I, I, that's what happened. But I, I say all that to say this. It took me probably 10 or 15 years to get to the place where I've done this now for 20-some years. And the reason I do this is not because of how committed I am or how disciplined I am or how compulsive I am. The reason I do this is because there's nothing I value more that would make me miss it. I I don't value sleep more than doing this. If I end up in some bizarre reason up till 2 a.m. tonight, I'm going to get up and do this tomorrow. I don't value sleep more than this. I don't value getting out and getting started on the day early. I don't value getting ahead. When I'm on vacation, I do this. I don't value something that's happening on vacation more than this opportunity and this time. But that, that did not happen overnight. And see, I think what happens is we come into a sermon series or we read a book on prayer and we want this. I want to have that with the Lord. I want to experience that Lord. And so we we go running home and and we're going to try. And and man, maybe you do hit out seven days this week. Maybe you get the three or four, but no magic. No magic, no overwhelming feeling, no list of all the prayers that were answered this week. You didn't hear the voice of God. There was no burning bush. And so it can sometimes get kind of hard to stay motivated at, at, at building this. 
And you do value other things more. You don't want to value other things more than this, but, but you do. And I guess I share all that about my life with you to say this. You've got to be in this for the long haul. It, 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 what happens in this time is about more than some answers. Yes, answers is a huge thing. A big reason we say, dear Lord and amen, is, is the answers we're looking in between. But for you and I to live here, for you and I to build life here, something's got to be going on more than just I need answers for tomorrow. It's a 10, 15 year process, which is just weird to say to an American because we don't do anything that we can't get results from in 10 or 15 minutes. But I, but I guess here would be my challenge is, you know, if a friend, a family member, a child came to you and said, hey, I really want to learn how to pray, what would you show them? What have you built in your life over the last year, over the, the last five years? It doesn't have to be, you know, something that can be published and everybody comes to you now to learn how to be prayer, how, how to pray. But, but what are you building? What, what can you share? Okay, let's, let, let's move on. We've got to wrap up here. Page 13, the next part is confession. Forgive us of our debts as we forgive our debtors and lead us not in temptation but deliver us from evil. I title this confession and I always feel like I need to change that word because there's a whole lot more here that Jesus wants happening than just confession. Now, we call it confession or I call it confession because that first line, forgive us of our debts, Right? So, you know, I sit, I sit down, I'm sitting here, and I think, okay, what were my sins yesterday? What do I need to confess? And, and I tell the Lord those things. And here's the good news, folks. I do not plead with God. I do not beg God to forgive me. I've already been forgiven of every single sin I ever have or ever will commit. It's all been taken care of. I'm not confessing sins to get God to forgive me. I'm confessing sins to tell God I agree with him about the mess I made of that. I'm confessing sins to show God, hey, I, I'm wanting to repent with my mouth. Now would you help me start repenting with my actions? I want to receive his forgiveness. I want to communicate that I'm trusting in that forgiveness that Jesus has already won for me at the cross. I want to ask for a fresh filling of his spirit because when I sin, I grieve the spirit. I kind of push him out of the way and say, I'll take control here. And so in, in receiving, in, in filling with the Spirit, I'm yielding back control to the Spirit. So that's the first part, forgive us of our debts. But then what does he say? As we forgive our debtors. You know, again, I go back. How many times have you recited the Lord's Prayer? Could you even count? And do we even realize what just happened here? Because Jesus is saying, listen, when you pray as a regular part of your prayer life, I want you talking with God about where you've been hurt, where you've been offended, who you're mad at. I want you to ask the Lord to give you wisdom on whether you're handling that right, on whether you're actually giving that forgiveness. Jesus says, I want this to be a regular part of your prayer time. Why? Why would that need to be a regular part? Because the scripture teaches me from Psalm chapter 4 to Ephesians chapter 4 that the biggest door into my life that Satan has, his most wide open entry to come into my life and set up shop and stay there is my anger and my bitterness. 
So if you understand that, then there would be, it shouldn't be surprising at all that Jesus would say, hey, you need to regularly deal in prayer with where you're angry, with where you're bitter, with where you're hurt. There's people in this room right now. You're a child of God. You're loved by him. And you've been a child of God for for years and years and years. But it would also be years since you've heard his voice. It would be years since you've experienced his presence. We wouldn't be able to point you out. We think you're a good and wonderful person and you obey all the rules, at least most of the time, the ones we can see. You're sitting in here with a smile every Sunday with us. But you've been in a spiritual desert. And it started with where you got hurt 13 years ago. Jesus doesn't want the desert for you. So he says, regularly talk to my father about where you've been hurt and how you're working through that and if forgiveness is really happening. And then the temptations and the evil, what's that about? Isn't that about our spiritual health? And give us this day our daily bread. I'm praying about my physical life, physical needs, physical issues. I believe with this line, Jesus is calling us to think about our spiritual life, our our spiritual health, our spiritual issues. Am Am I growing in the Lord? Am I growing in how I pray? Do I have faith? Am I loving? Am I forgiving? Am I... Am I handling myself rightly and appropriately with the world? Or is, is gluttony, is, is greed, is lust, is anger, does it still have a strong presence in my life? How is it getting that presence in my life? Jesus says those are the things you walk with him through in prayer. That's where you get the pulse on that. That's how you think about, pray about how you're going to handle that. It, it's right. How many times have we recited the Lord's Prayer and never even thought about what Jesus was telling us to pray? And then we just end up using the Lord's Prayer in direct rebellion to what he said about three verses earlier. Don't mindlessly ramble prayers before the Lord. He guides us in all these things. Then we end with his glory. Uh, Yours is the kingdom, the power, and the glory. If you're looking down at your Bible, you're going, they made a mistake in my Bible. That line's not there. No, that line's not there in anybody's Bible. Jesus didn't put that in the prayer. The church came back and and added that part into the prayer. And it's a a wonderful ending to the prayer. I I like it because I, I begin with the bigness of God and I end with the bigness of God. I begin seeing that what God wants is really what counts and I end with what God wants is what really counts. And I, I actually put, this is often how I, I pray this. I, I say, Lord, I pray I'm focused on your glory and the advancing of you throughout this day. I pray my prayers, what I'm asking for, what I'm talking to you about, I pray they advance you, not me. For that's the answer to everything. May there be less of me and more of you. Those are not my words. That's actually John the Baptist's words, John 3.30. I stole his words and brought them into my prayer. Uh, May there be less of me and more of you for your glory and kingdom. Amen. And that's kind of how I end each prayer time. Now I say end. You see one last thing there. It says listen. Now, when I get to listen, I, I, you know, I, 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 I close my laptop, my, I close my Bible, and, and I try to sit there and just be quiet for a second. Because there's a lot of teaching in Scripture that I've not covered in this so far. There's a lot of teaching in Scripture about prayer being a place where you and I are just still and we're quiet. And in a very spiritual way, shut up. Just stop. Be still. 
and know I'm God. And so I try. The reason I say try is I, I, I struggle with this part the most. I mean, sometimes I sit there quietly before the Lord's upwards towards four, five, sometimes even six seconds. You know, it's like, uh, okay. <laughs> I mean, really, if I sit there quietly for a minute, I think, hey, a whole minute. You impressed, Lord? I just say a word. <laughs> but how do we do that? How do we incorporate the discipline of be still and be quiet and just rest in his presence? And so that's what I'm, I'm trying to do with that little piece right there. Again, folks, a lot of that is me. Nowhere in there in the Bible are you command, do what it says on pages 11 to 13. Other than the Lord's Prayer part. I really would figure out how to bring that into your prayer life, right? But, but the journaling and all the, all the different things. Here's the question. What are you building? What will your prayer life build in 2000? I mean, I know we need answers. I need direction. I need to, okay, outside of that, what is your prayer life going to build in 2017? What would you have to give somebody in 2018? From your prayer life. Maybe go into it with a little bit bigger picture than that. What am I building with the Lord? Because folks in these moments. Life is built. Life in God is built. And then when you say amen. Oh, that's just the details. Let's pray. Heavenly Father. Uh, we say teach us to pray, help us to pray. And I open your word and I think, oh my gosh, you've already told us so much. You've already helped us with so much. Lord, help us to process. Help us to apply. Help us to take things from today and, and begin to build a prayer life wherever we are. Lord, I would pray for each person in this room. That, that place in life where they arrive and there is nothing of greater value than this time and this moment they have with you each day. God, help us to build that in our lives and help us to be able to share that with others. It's in Jesus' name we ask for your help in this. Amen. Amen.